Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. I'm joined on the podcast today by Desmond Ryan, author of the new police procedural novel, Death Before Coffee. Author Henry Alice Drolny wrote about Ryan's first Mike O'Shea mystery. Desmond Ryan's narrative is searing, unapologetic, engaging, and truthful in honor of the men and women who do undercover police work all under the shadow of Canada's largest metropolis. Desmond, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you very much, Jeff. Absolutely. Well, if someone hasn't yet heard about your novel, Death Before Coffee, how would you describe the novel? It is a gritty police procedural, and um, I've tried to make it as realistic as possible, which wasn't too difficult because, as you may or may not know, I'm a retired police detective, so I was able to pull from a lot of my experiences and observations. Do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to writing Death Before Coffee? I actually wrote Death Before Coffee while I was still employed by the Toronto Police Service as a detective, and uh, that was, oh, seven or eight years ago now. And it started with wanting to tell a story about a case I was involved in, but of course I didn't want to make it a true crime fiction. Uh, and I just sort of let, let myself go from, from a, a beginning of an actual case. What was your initial fiction writing journey that led you to writing and getting your first novel published? Well, um, while I wouldn't say it was fiction, I'd have to say that I, I have to thank my 30 years in policing for my writing career because, as you probably know, there's a lot of report writing involved in policing, and it's all time sensitive, so you don't have a chance for this writer's block thing uh, you know, because <laughs> you have you know, people who are, are waiting to go to court and the, the wagon is there to take them and you need the paperwork now. And so there you are typing out the story about why they're going to court. And so after doing that sort of thing for about 30 years, I realized that I you know, could write. Uh, I could write quickly. I could communicate clearly, hopefully. And uh, obviously, as any writer, you hope that you have a story that is engaging enough for readers to want to, to read. And what is it about your your primary character, Mike O'Shea, that, that you um, enjoy and that appeals to you as a writer? I like Mike because he's the flawed protagonist. Um, he's not an anti-hero, um, but he's not perfect. And he's kind of kind of like an everyman sort of guy where he's he struggles with uh, like simple things. Uh, you know, in Death Before Coffee, all he wants to do is get a good cup of coffee. And yet, Every time he turns around, he seems to to fall into some major situation. And I thought on a very sort of visceral level, how many of us have, you know, you wake up one day and all you want to do is have that, you know, nice cup of coffee or that perfect cup of tea, and it just doesn't come together. And that's what I like about Mike is that he's just every man <laughs> thrown into extraordinary circumstances. And I'm... Um how do, how do your how do you think that your years of working as a police officer impact your fiction writing specifically the police procedurals that you're writing now 
Well, you know, Jeff, it makes it a whole lot easier for me to write police procedurals because I've lived that experience. My hat goes off to authors who have no legal or policing background who write crime fiction because it can get very technical um, and and readers know. Like they, you know, they, they, they know if, if it doesn't ring true. And so I've saved myself a lot of research. And, and truth to be told, Jeff, if I hadn't had a background in policing, I wouldn't be writing police procedurals. I, I'm too lazy for that. <laughs> are, there, are there any other um, uh, crime writers or writing police procedurals that you, that you think are, are doing a great job given your years of experience? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just, there's actually a whole bunch of um, current or former or retired police officers who write crime fiction. And um, a fellow, uh, Andrew, um, oh, I've just got a, a brain fart, a fellow in Australia has, has organized them. And that's really, really interesting. But again, those are, are people with a policing background. But I mean, I think like Ian Rankin does it very, very well. Um, his Rebus character is is again maybe a little bit more of an anti anti hero, mm-hmm. but but nonetheless that sort of gritty uh, that tiredness of it. Um, oh. Peter Temple does it very well. Uh, I, again, I'm I'm amazed at the authors who who nail it so well. And while it's not uh, a, a book, the um, the British series Happy Valley is bang on in my in my estimation and i just i i can't believe how well they capture the police culture how well they capture the characters um it's it's really really well done when you need mealtime inspiration it's worth shopping kroger where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie and no matter what tasty choice you make you'll enjoy our everyday low prices plus extra ways to save like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week you can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points more savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping kroger worth it every time kroger fresh for everyone fuel restrictions apply Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. That's great. What was your writing process when you when you were working on Death Before Coffee? Are you a writer who does extensive outlining and plotting before you sit down to write, or do you just have kind of a basic idea and dive into the narrative? How does that work for you? Well, again, my my hat goes off to to pantsers because I I just can't I get lost. <laughs> so um, I'm I'm a a bit of a plotter with the opportunity opportunity for a bit of pantsing to go on. So what I will do is I will come up with the idea and then I will outline it very, very briefly, break it down into chapters. So I might break it down into sort of 30 chapters, have the most significant plot point under each heading. And then as I go, it, the story seems to flesh itself out. The characters seem to take a life of their own on. Um, and I mean, sometimes I have to reel them back in, 
just to get back into the story. And I'm, I'm experiencing that now in a, a book that I'm writing where I think I'm going way too far off, off track and everybody's got to come back, get back to the plot. Um, but I think for me, if I just gave myself free reign, I would be all over the map and it would never <laughs> end. Well, I know that you have written another series as well. Do you think that um, you're going to kind of um, continue now with Mike O'Shea or do you think you'll bounce back and forth? Well, the Mike O'Shea series was set up uh, as a six book story arc. And there's an underlying theme that starts in the first book, uh, 1033 Assist PC, that carries on until the end of the books. But now that I'm working on the fourth book in that series, I'm starting to think that I'm really going to miss the characters. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I've I've spent you know the last seven or eight years with them, um, so I'm I'm kind of hoping that my publisher will uh, like like what they see and and might consider a way to renew the series and to begin another story arc. But in my other series, um, which is the, the Pint of Trouble series, that takes oh. some of the characters from the Mike O'Shea series, so I don't lose them completely. But it's more of a sort of traditional slash light mystery series mm-hmm. with a, a sleuth as opposed to a, a police detective. And it's just a lot more fun. Well, you've mentioned going from this longtime career as a police detective into <laughs> now writing uh, crime and mystery novels. Was it difficult for you when you were writing that first novel to kind of go from, as you described it, writing uh, reports for your job to kind of writing a, a narrative arc and, and a novel. What was that process like for you? That's a really great question because one of the things that I really had to work at was the show don't tell idea. Because you know, obviously, when you're writing police reports, when you're writing uh, general occurrences or uh, court documents to you know, show cause why someone should be released from custody, you tell why they should. You don't show. Right? So, and so to have to, to, to shift of, um, again, rather than just telling what's going on, it's like, well, what, how can you explain that in terms of the emotions, in terms of the character's actions and dialogue? So it was having to sort of step back and almost... Uh, like visually, it'd be like stepping back and doing a, a 360 of the scene and trying to take it all in and then explaining it. Got it. What writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? I would say, I mean, obviously, keep writing. Don't don't be don't be shy. Don't be embarrassed. Um, you get better the more you write. And even I can see a big difference in my writing style from uh, my very first book, 1033 Assist PC, to where I am now. And it's that sense of it takes a long time to to kind of get your stride and to give yourself that that time and to be gentle. That's good advice. What what novels have you read recently that you enjoyed? I just finished reading A Man Named Ovi. And it's not a police procedural. It has nothing to do with crime fiction, but I mm-hmm. just loved it. Um, 
I try to read outside of of crime fiction just so I don't get completely tunnel vision. Um, what I like are stories that have great characters. And I think when you have great characters, basically you can do anything with them. And if we look at sort of pop culture, if we look at you know Seinfeld and the Seinfeld show, this you know the story about the show about nothing, they had such great characters that we were all mesmerized. You know, you wanted to see, you know, well, how are you going to make a cup of coffee today, and how are you going to, you know, get out the door tomorrow, like all of that sort of thing. And so, I think when I'm when I'm reading a book, that's what I look for as well. And I'm hoping that I'm able to to grab just a an ounce of that into my own writing to have really engaging characters that, you know, regardless of the story, people would still want to know what are they doing. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they want to learn more about you and your novels? Well, they can check out my website, realdesmondryan.com. And I have a newsletter that they can sign up to through the website. And from there, or outside of there, I have a YouTube channel um, called Ask the Detective. And I give every week, I send out um, a little one minute, sort of one and a half minute piece on, on sort of cool and interesting little crime tidbits. And um, let's see, where else? And they can also check me out on Twitter at uh, realdesmondryan.com. And uh, Instagram at Desmond P. Ryan. That's great. Well, again, we've been speaking to Desmond Ryan, author of the new police procedural novel, Death Before Coffee. The novel is available now, so go buy a copy. And Desmond, thanks for doing this interview. Uh, my pleasure. Thank you, Jeff. Absolutely. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you visit Arizona, Time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. <sighs> Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.